Welcome to Canvas Church. You are listening to our weekly celebration service message. Thank you for tuning in. Ways I can do that on a Sunday morning is by equip all of us uh, for the work of ministry, and so that's what we're doing. So go in your Bibles today to an Old Testament book, the book of Daniel. Um, we are in a series uh, entitled Counterculture. Counterculture, we'll talk about why in just a moment. Um, but counterculture, and I want to remind us of why we jumped into this series. Um, you know, as we looked around over the last, uh, you know, 11, 12 months, there's a lot going on uh, in, our, in our community. There's a lot going on in our world. And, um, and, and some of the things you might notice is, is what it talks about in Matthew chapter 24, verse 11 and 12. So I'm going to read to you just to remind us of why uh, we're in this series. Matthew chapter 24, starting in verse 9. And what's, what's happening here is, is it's talking about the end times, when this thing is all going to wrap up. Has anybody ever wondered when this whole thing's going to wrap up? Uh, a few of you. Uh, maybe you have it locked down and you already know. Um, but the Bible alludes to some things that are going to take place um, as this happens. It says in Matthew 24, verse 9, it says, then you will be arrested. Now, um, If you're arrested for doing the wrong things, well, you deserved it, all right? Uh, But this is talking about being arrested for your faith. This is talking about being arrested for, uh, you know, like like, like pushing forth the gospel. Um, Just heard of a pastor in Canada, actually, two weeks ago that was arrested uh, because he was gathering people and worshiping, uh, following the guidelines to the best of his ability, but uh, apparently they, they didn't want a meeting at all, but he refused to stop because he was, you know, giving over to a higher power. He's arrested, he's still in jail today because one of the demands on him for um, being let go is that he will never preach the gospel again. Yeah, it's happening, it's happening. But, but listen to what the Bible says. The Bible tells us it's going to happen. It's happening. It says you'll be arrested, persecuted, and killed. And you'll be hated all over the world. Doesn't sound like a real promising thing, right? Like right about now, some of you that are checking out Christianity are like, I'm out. Like I, no, I don't wanna sign up for that. Like if, if, if that's what's gonna happen, um, but this is the Bible telling us you hate it all over the world because, of, uh, because you are my followers. And many will turn away from me and betray and hate each other. Now that's talking about now within the church, within the body. It's saying that, that people are going to, in, this, in these last days, people are gonna walk away from the truth, they're gonna walk away from the church, and not only are they gonna walk away, but they're now going to hate you. And they're gonna, there's gonna be tension there, okay? Uh, betray and hate each other. This is, I'm just reading the Bible. Verse 11, and many false prophets will appear and will deceive many people. What, what is that? That's false teachers. That's, that's people that would rise up and, and say they're proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ, but really they're not, and they're drawing people away. We referenced this last week when Paul encourages Timothy. He says, hey, Timothy, uh, just beware um, that there's going to come a moment when people are going to want to heap up for themselves teachers that, that tickle their ears. In other words, that say the things they want to say, that, that make them feel good all the time, and, and pump them up, and build them up and like it's what they want to hear okay and so here's 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 the warning right here that this is going to happen people are going to come on the scene and this is going to happen verse 12 sin will be rampant everywhere listen to this one and the love of many will grow cold now I want you to follow and track if you were to go back to the other other verses before verse 9 it talks about wars rumors of wars earthquakes famines, 
So oftentimes when we think about this whole thing wrapping up, we think through that filter. Oh, there's gonna be more earthquakes and there's gonna be, there's gonna be more famines and there's gonna be more war. No, that's the beginning of it all. Look at what the end of it all is. It's when people start to walk away from the truth and it's when people start to hate believers. And listen to it now, and it's when the love of many grows cold. Now, um, I don't think you need to look around too far to realize that in the last 12 months, the love of people has grown cold. Depending on what side of the spectrum you're on, right? Like it's, it's the most polarized time in the history of the world. What is happening? Well, the Bible's happening. The love of many is growing cold. But listen to the promise now. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. Well, well, well okay, I want to endure to the end. Anybody else want to endure to the end? What does it mean? It means don't let your heart be hardened. Don't let your love grow cold. Don't give in to bitterness. Don't give in. Don't walk away from the truth. Don't try to heap up for yourself teachers that tickle your ears. Don't be swayed by false prophets. Look, you need to endure. You need to stand steadfast. You need to be, be sure. You need to endure. Are you hearing it today? Hmm. Verse 14, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world. Come on, missions, right? We have a great missions organization right here, Herald of Faith. With, with Steve Fitzpatrick that, man, we're, and, and I love the approach of Herald of Faith, and this is where we support all of our missions dollars, uh, $1,500 every month, right? Like, we're just giving it, why? Because we believe in preaching the gospel around the world, but here's the focus. We don't just go in and preach and leave. We go in, we gather people um, that have the call of God on their life. We train them up as pastors within their community. We establish churches, and now we say, you preach the gospel, because that's sustainable, that's long-term, right? And so here we are, we're, we're, we're preaching the gospel to the ends of the world, the whole earth, so that all the nations will hear it, and then the end will come. Now listen to this next part. The day is coming when you will see, that, uh, see what Daniel the prophet spoke about. Okay, I, I wanna just, there's some end time things happening. Hey, if you want some paper notes, lift your hands in the air and our ushers will get those to you right now. Sorry about that. Just, and you can grab those every Sunday on your way in. But if you have paper ones, just shoot your hand in it. Here's what's happening. The Bible is telling us this is what the end looks like. And then it says, and it, and it gives us encouragement, but he who endures shall be saved. And then it gives us a place to look to. It says, hey, look to Daniel. Look to Daniel. And so you know what we've been doing for the last... Eight weeks, nine weeks now? We've been looking at the book of Daniel. Why? Because this is what it tells us to do. And so we have now been in the book of Daniel. We're on in, the, in the third chapter. And the reason we're doing that is because the scripture says, hey, look to Daniel. Why? So for for, for some, some information, for some encouragement. How did Daniel survive what he was walking through in his culture, which, by the way, was much more violent than what we're currently walking through? How did he not only survive, but how did he thrive? So we've been looking at Daniel and his situation to learn how we can thrive, not just survive as we walk through a culture that is counter, and listen to it now, and often violent towards biblical values and beliefs. Daniel chapter three, I gave you plenty of time to get there. We're gonna pick it up in verse, I believe, 16. What's happening in Daniel chapter three? If you missed last week's message, go back, catch on the podcast. But here's what's happening. Nebuchadnezzar, the king, the leader of, of Babylon at the time, uh, resurrects this, this golden statue 
And, um, and he says, okay, this is gonna be the God over Babylon, and what we're gonna do is we're gonna gather everybody we can uh, in the kingdom, we're gonna bring them together, and uh, when the music is played, um, you gotta bow down. You gotta bow down to this gold statue. So sure enough, man, the music plays, and uh, man, they start to, to bow down to this gold statue. But reports come back that there's some captives, uh, Hebrews that were taken captive into Babylon that aren't bowing. Why? Because they know the real God. They're not bowing. They refuse to bow. They refuse to bow. So the king comes over and says, hey guys, I'm gonna give you another opportunity here. Um, as soon as the music plays, you need, to, you need to bow. You need to bow. Verse 16. Okay? Are you with me? All right. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, so in other words, he says, if you don't bow, you're going to be thrown into this, this fiery furnace, right? You're going to be thrown into this thing. If we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. We highlighted this last week. Notice he's able to save us. Listen, there is no guarantee in Scripture uh, that if you love Jesus and you serve him enough and you go to church enough and you worship him enough that you will be untouched by the world. No promise. There's promises the other way. But no promises that you'll be spared from everything. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego got this. They said he's able to. He could do it. Are you with me? Yeah. He, will, he will rescue us from the, your power, your majesty. In other words, they're speaking of, I don't know if it's gonna be from the fire or if it's gonna be in future, but he's gonna, he's gonna save us, verse 18. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. That's some boldness right there. That's some courage right there. Like there is, a, there is an actual fire like, and I don't, know what, I don't know what this large human burning furnace looked like, right? I don't know, you know, have you ever seen Hansel and Gretel? I don't know, I don't know what it looked like. But there was, apparently is this big furnace thing with fire big enough to hold several humans. And it's like, hey, like if you don't, you're gonna go in there. And they're like, okay. We're not, we're not gonna bow to the culture. We're not gonna bow to this gold thing you've set up. Verse 19, Nebuchadnezzar was so furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that his face became distorted with rage. You ever had a conversation with somebody like that? <laughs> so he's like, yeah, my spouse, whatever. Um, been so like furious that their face is contorted. He commanded that the furnace be heated seven times hotter than usual. Then he ordered some of the strongest men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So they tied them up and threw them into the furnace fully dressed in their pants, turbans, robes, and other garments. And because the king in his anger had demanded such a hot fire in the furnace, the flames killed the soldiers as they threw them, the three men in. Wow! You ever sat around a campfire that's too hot before and you gotta keep moving back? So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, securely tied, fell into the roaring flames. But suddenly, 
Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement and exclaimed to his advisors, didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? Yes, your majesty, we certainly did, they replied. Look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four men unbound walking around in the fire unharmed. And the fourth looks like a god. The actual interpretation there is actually the fourth looks like, like the son of God. Look, look, what's happening? Then Nebuchadnezzar came as close as he could to the door, not too close because he would have burned up, and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stepped out of the fire and then the high officers, officials, governors, and advisors crowded around them and saw that the fire had not touched them. Not a hair on their heads was singed. Their clothing was not scorched. They didn't even smell like smoke. I think one of the worst things about a bonfire is walking away smelling like smoke. The Nebuchadnezzar said, praise the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Send his angel to rescue his servants who trusted in him. They defied the king's command and were willing to die rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I make this decree if any people, whatever their race or nation or language, speak a word against the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they'll be torn limb from limb. He's not gonna take the chance of throwing more people in the fire. Instead, we're just gonna rip them to shreds. And their houses will be torn into the heaps of rubble, there is no other God who can rescue like this. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to even higher positions in the providence of Babylon. I want to talk to you for the next few moments walking through the fire. God, we thank you so much. God, for your word. God, we thank you that your word is absolutely incredible. And Lord, I pray in the next few moments that we have together that, Lord, this, this word would come alive to each and every one of us, impact us where we're at. God, that, uh, Lord, we would look at this very real story that happened in Scripture and, and see how it applies to us today. What fires are we being thrown into? What fires is culture trying to push us into? And that we, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, whether, whether the outcome is you spare us from it or the outcome is we end up with you in eternity, that we would never bow to the gods of this culture. Lord, I pray you'd help me now create a place for people to discover your son Jesus, know your incredible love, and realize the amazing plan that you have for their life. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen, amen. amen. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says this, says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Now, this is the New Living Translation. Other translations say this. It says, don't be conformed to this world. In other words, don't be conformed to this culture. Uh, that word, if you studied out, the word conformed, um, the word picture is this. It's saying, don't be, don't be placed into a mold. Don't be shoved into, into a mold. Has anybody um, ever made Christmas cookies before? What is wrong with you Grinches? Like, I mean, yeah, I don't do that. You ever, you ever made something that required a mold? What does that mold do? It, you take that mold and whatever you push that thing onto, it becomes that shape. 
This is the idea of Romans 12 too. It says, hey, don't be conformed. There's a mold out there that culture has, that the world has, and every day it is trying to, it is trying to push itself on you. It's trying to, it's trying to get in you. It's trying to create an image or, or maybe even something inside of you. And the encouragement of Romans 12 is, see, we read what's happening in Babylon. I just want to give you some New Testament for a moment because spiritually speaking, the same thing is happening today. There is a cultural mold that is saying, hey, live this way, do things this way. You, you gotta have this and you gotta have that. It's this mold that the world or culture is trying to push us into, but the encouragement of scripture is this, don't be given over to that. Don't, don't give over that. You know, and here's the thing we need to understand is, is that in some form or fashion that, that this happens on a daily. And it's subtle sometimes. Uh, and, and here's what happens. It's so subtle that, that you might not want to conform to it, but because you're around it so much, how many military or former military people do I have in here? You went in loving Jesus with a clean mouth, but you came out? There's a reason why they say you're cussing like a... I'm just being real, right? Right? This happens. Why? Because you're just around it and you hear it and pretty soon you start picking up adjectives that aren't actually even adjectives. Right? Like it's no longer, that's a nice chair, it's a nice bleep chair, right? It's like, what? Can chairs do that? You know, like I don't know, you know? All right, come back, Holy Spirit. All right. This happened to me in college. Um, I, I grew up in, a, in, in, in probably one of the whitest neighborhoods or really areas. I grew up on an island. And, and it was just like everybody looked like me, talked like me, acted, whatever. Like, you know what I mean? Just like, I went, I went to college and I played college basketball. And I was, I, was, I was inundated into a whole new culture. And so I'm, I'm with my basketball buddies all the time, playing ball, we're hanging out, we're going to get food, um, you know, we have a place together, whatever, I'm around it all the time. And I didn't know that I was suddenly picking up on, on, on some of the ways of this, this, this college basketball culture I was in. And it wasn't until I remember this, it wasn't until I came home uh, for my birthday one time, I hadn't seen my family and my brothers in a while, and I'm having a conversation with one of my brothers, and all of a sudden my brother stopped and goes, why are you talking like that? And I'm like, what are you talking about, dog? I'm like, right? Like, I just start. He goes like that. I'm like, I don't know what you, I don't know what you're talking about. You know, like, like, and then I, and then I'm kind of walking with a little bit of, you know, like, a, like a limp. You know what I mean? Like, he's like, why are you walking like that? I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm just, I'm walking. He's like, yeah, but the only thing I didn't do was sag my drawers and like, like have my boxers. All right. But I say that to say this. I didn't even realize it. I was just in it, I was around it all the time, that all of a sudden, I began to pick up on the lingo, and I began to pick up on, on different things, and, and before I knew it, that, that, I, was, I was in that culture, there I was. And I say that to say this, that as Christ followers, as Christians, man, if we are not mindful, we allow the secular culture through whether it be television shows, whether it be podcasts, whether it be your daily job, whatever it might be, pretty soon we are now, is somebody with me today? We're now shoved into this mold. 
We're shoved in this mold. That, that's why it's so essential that we actually, the Bible says, don't forsake the gathering of the saints together. Get together as much as you can. Break bread with one another, right? Acts talks about it. They met from house to house. What were they doing? Here's what they were doing. They actually weren't sitting around talking about the weekend sermon, although that's a great idea. You know what they were doing in Acts, in the book of Acts? They were getting together, breaking bread with one another, challenging them, hey, are you living for Jesus? Are you reading the scripture? Are you living godly? That's what it was. They were challenging one another. Do you have any sins that you need to repent of? Right? That's why it's so essential that we do come to church, that man, we're around. Now, I'm not talking about, no, I'm, I'm no longer going to work. I heard Pastor Ben's message on Sunday and I gotta quit my job. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying, right? Oh, I gotta get rid of all my friends that don't know Jesus. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that it's so subtle. And so maybe, maybe you don't come to church often for whatever reason. You know, there's, there's, you know, maybe you work and we need to have another service time for you to come or, or whatever. But here's the thing, when you do come and, and, and like my brother, someone says, hey, why are you thinking like that? Why are you, why are you complaining about your boss? Is that, is that the same boss that signs your paycheck? Why, 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 why are you saying those things about your spouse? Why are you complaining about your children? When someone challenges you, maybe, just maybe, you've been picking up on some of the culture. Here, in Daniel chapter three, this is an actual physical presentation, like it literally happened, uh, of what maybe we face on a, on a lower level in the spiritual realm. This is really happening. Hey, Babylon, I don't care if you came from the, the Jews, I don't care if you're a Hebrew, I don't care if you came into captivity, I don't care why you're here. This is what's gonna happen. I built this really cool gold statue and I think it's a really good idea that when some music plays, I don't care if it's your style or not, well, I'm more into, I don't care what you're into. When you hear the music, you're gonna bow. And if you don't, we're gonna throw you into this fire over here, this big furnace. Talk about the ultimate mold, right? Like, are you gonna do it? You, you gonna bow? And, and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are like, no. No, we're not gonna be, we're not gonna be pushed into that mold. We're not gonna allow that to happen. And I, I wanna ask you this question today. What, what, what molds are you allowing in your life? What, what things are, are coming, to, whether it's at work, whether it's in your own home, um, you know, what, whatever it might be, whether it's self-imposed, and you're just succumbing to it, just allowing it. Said, so, no, we're not gonna do that. He says, okay. Well, then, then you're gonna be thrown in the fire. And then that epic speech in verse 16, 17, right? Like, we don't care, right? And then he says, then he says this, heat up the fire seven times hotter than normal. I don't know about you, but I would be thinking, in my case, if I'm being thrown in, that's a good thing. Right? Because the cooler that fire, the longer it takes me to burn. Come on, somebody. 
right? Like, yes, please, heat it up, heat it up, heat it up. Yeah, eight times hotter, 10 times, I don't care. Like, fire is fire, but. And I love it, because there they are, they get thrown in, and then they are found walking around in the fire, just walking through it. Apparently, they could have walked out of it at any moment, because the king said, hey, come out, and they did. Well, like they had to fish them out. They didn't have to pull them out. It was like, just hey, just walk out. But they're walking around in the fire, and the reason they're walking around in the fire is because God was with them. God was with them in the midst of the, the fire. God was with them. And so therefore, they're just, listen to me, I believe this on my heart, that we can walk through any fire that culture throws at us as long as we have God with us. We can walk through it. Now listen, I don't want you to misinterpret what I'm saying. Sometimes, man, we might get burnt up. The ultimate reward with him for eternity. But I guarantee you this, you can walk in the fire, walk through the fire if God is with you. God is with you. And I love what they do. They're, they're, they're walking around, could have walked out, they don't walk out, they're just walking with the fire, and, and Nebuchadnezzar sees it. He's like, what in the world's going on? There's another one in there, what's happening? They're walking through the fire, listen to me. I believe you can walk through the fire. Listen, the problem is, is too often times, our, our eyes are set on the pain of the past. We've been through some, so our eyes are set on the pain of the past, or maybe our eyes are set on the circumstance that is around us. Uh, or sometimes maybe our eyes are, are centered right here on the lack or maybe even the sin that's inside of us. But I believe with all my heart that if we stop focusing on the pain of the past, the problems that surround us, or the lack or sin that's inside of us, and set our eyes on the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords who is above it all, not only will he come, I believe that other people will see who's with us in the fire. Now because they saw it, then Why? And why is it that we would rather bow to the pressures of culture than, than walk through the fire? Maybe. Maybe it's because there's some biblical qualities that, that we need to get back to in our life. That Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had. Thrown in the fire. How do you handle it when you're thrown in the fire? How do you handle it in those moments Right? Like, I mean, and again, I'm not talking about a natural fire. Hopefully you hear what I'm saying here. Can you think about a time when, man, the pressure of culture was mounting? And you're like, man, what am I going to do? Because if I don't go with them and, and be a part of that, man, it's going to be uncomfortable afterwards. Anybody ever been there before? Like, if I don't, I, I, I don't know why this one came to me, but I remember I was in Hawaii um, at the age of 21. Thank God for Jesus. Because I went there to visit a friend who was turning 22. And, um, and so I went to visit him, and of course, on his birthday, he wanted to celebrate. And I'm like, of course, let's go celebrate. He goes, well, what are we going to do? Now, he knew I was, I was a believer. He said, well, we're going to go to dinner. And I'm like, sweet, I, I like eating, let's go. And so I remember there's like five or six of us, we jump in this oversized old Cadillac, um, like, like hoopty, it was awesome, you know. And, uh, and all six are in there, we go, and all of a sudden we pull up, and I realize that's not food, that's a strip club. And I look at Dennis, and I'm like, uh, I thought we we're getting dinner. He goes, oh, we are. I just wanted to drop off you know, here for a little while. And I was like, I, I ain't going in. But can I just tell you that the turmoil I was wrestling with as all five of these guys had, and I'm just sitting in this, this Cadillac, like, guys, hello? 
And I literally, I literally sat outside for like an hour and a half, just in the seedy part of Hawaii. And the whole time I'm thinking to myself, man, this is, I'm gonna get ridiculed. Sure enough, they came back, they just ridiculed me and made fun of me and like called me, and I was like, but what, what kind of fires, right? Are we scared of, what kind of fires are, are we facing? But I'm telling if we have some biblical qualities, let me give them to you real quick. Um, I'm gonna give you all of them and then we'll, we'll see which ones we camp on. Um, if, you're, if you're taking notes, four qualities I, I see in, 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 these, in these characters here in scripture. And really I've been reading uh, you know, up through the previous chapters. Courage, number one. Number two, perspective. Number three, obedience. And number four, endurance. Number one, courage. Number two, perspective. Number three, obedience. Number four, endurance. Endurance. Four biblical qualities, characteristics that we see throughout all of Scripture that I think these guys had that caused them to, to be able to stand where they stood and be able to take what was ever thrown at them. Perspective. Number two, perspective is a big one. Like having the right perspective. Now here's the thing. I'm not just having the right perspective of God. Here's the thing. I think a lot of us have the right perspective of God as Christ followers. God is big, man, he can do anything. Like, like I read the scriptures, like man, I know who he is. I got the right perspective. I think where, where we fail when it comes to perspective is we have the wrong perspective of what we're actually walking through. Like, 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 like if we could just read like Daniel and understand what they were actually going through and then look at our life, we'd be like, you know, we don't have it that bad. But I think sometimes, man, we have the wrong perspective of things and we look at things that happen in life as it's this big cosmic, oh my word. And then we build like, like doctrines and things out of it, right? Like COVID, it's God's judgment. I'm like, is it? <laughs> my candidate didn't get elected. The world is ending. Really? Because like every four to eight years, there's been a new one and you're still here. <laughs> I mean, you might not like them, but they're probably not the Antichrist. Maybe they are, I don't know. Perspective is huge. And see, what we need to understand, though, is our perspective is built by, first and foremost, hopefully, Scripture. But if we take that away for a moment, our perspective is, is, is built by how we grew up the family we grew up in, the circumstances we have had to deal with, and then therefore, guess what? Everyone's perspective isn't yours. Even your brother or your sister has a different perspective than you do. And I mean, literally, I've talked to people that, hey, tell me about your dad, and they tell me about their dad. And I'll go to the brother, tell me about your dad, and it's completely different, I'm like, whoa. Well, which is it? Well, it came through how they, 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 they saw it and they felt it and they walked through it. And I love that, that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, because of their faith in God, have the same perspective. Hey, you throw us in the fire? Our God's able to save us. But if he doesn't, well, it's okay. How do you get to the same perspective? Listen to me. In the world, the world is going to have a million different perspectives. In the church, the way we get to the same perspective is by putting this right here above all of our feelings, emotions, and circumstances. Because I might have walked through that 
And it might have been challenging, but greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And the same Holy Spirit that's inside of me is the same Holy Spirit that's inside of you. Right? We've got to put this above. We've got to filter. Listen, too often times we filter the word of God through our circumstances and our situations and our problems and our trials. We need to flip that so as Christ followers, it doesn't matter what they are, we filter all of those through this. Rather than saying, well, I'm walking through this and that verse didn't work for me. No, 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 the verse always works. The problem is, is your, your perspective on the verse is probably wrong. Which I explained this already was one of the, is anybody getting anything out of this today? Which, which to me was one of my biggest problems growing up. Because I, I believed firmly when I read Daniel that if I just lived right, I could be thrown into the fire and never burn. I could be thrown into the lion's den and never be eaten. Because no one took the time to say, well, let's look at Hebrews chapter 11 as well. Right? And so I walk, so what happens is, is we get taught the wrong perspective. We, we talk about God's blessing as if it's, as if it's uh, material things. As if it's money in our account or a new car or a new home or, man, my business is blowing up. And, and then, no, that, that's, not, that, that's icing on the cake. God's blessing is you don't have to go to hell because of Jesus Christ. Woo, what more do I need? Everything else, let's be honest. Can I be honest with you? How you prosper financially, yes, I believe in the tithing principle, and you better be budgeting, but can I tell you how you live a blessed life uh, on, on earth is work your booty off. That's why I don't have one. I'm just saying what some of y'all been thinking, like, man, get in the squat rack, pastor. Like, get in the squat rack. Like, what's wrong with you? It's okay to have fun in church, right? Listen, listen, there's, there's no guarantee of more money in your account. Yes, I know the Bible says the righteous have never been forsaken nor their seed had to beg bread, okay? But I also see them eating the crumbs that fall from the tables. Yeah, you don't have to beg for it, but you might be eating some crumbs, okay? Man, 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 man. Salvation and going to church is not a ticket to financial prosperity. It's not a ticket to eternal health. Even if those things come upon me, I will never bow. I'll never bow. Perspective, 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 perspective. Look through the lens of scripture. But what about this first one? And I don't know if we'll get to the other ones, but they're there and you can study them out. What about courage? What about courage? It, it took some courage for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to be like, we're not doing that. We're, we're, not, we're not bowing. And I believe with all my heart, man, that in the, in the day, in the age, the hour that we're living is we need some more courageous men and women of Christ. We need some more courage to stand up. And listen to me, not stand on the platform of politics or this. No, stand on the platform of God's word. Courage to say, no, man, this is what the Bible says. This is what Christ would have done. But I'm going to do this. Courage, courage, this boldness. But where does this courage and this boldness come from? The Bible tells us. The Bible says this courage and this boldness. Write it down, Proverbs 28.1. The wicked flee, though no one pursues them. What does that scripture tell us? Man, you're, not li you're living wicked, guess what? You're gonna be just like going everywhere, running from everything. 
But listen to this. The wicked flee though no one pursues them, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. Man. And I've never seen a lion in its natural habitat, but I've watched some National Geographic. <laughs> Man, I'm dreaming of the day that we get to go on a safari, right? Like, that'd be so awesome, and I hope I get to see a lion from inside the car far away, all right? <laughs> but man, you, these lions, they're bold. Man, they walk around like they own the place. That's why they're the king, right? That's why they're the, they're the, they're the top, right? There's this, guess what? That's what the Bible says about us if we're righteous. We don't have to, we don't have to fear anything, because I'm righteous. What does it mean to be righteous? To be in right standing with, with God and with others. Where does this righteousness come from? 2 Corinthians 5.21. I'm glad you asked. 2 Corinthians 5.21 tells us that we've become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So if I want to be courageous and I want to be bold like, like these guys, if I want to do that, then I need to be righteous. Where do I get righteousness from? By being grafted into Jesus Christ. By, by, being, by being with him more, by, by taking on his life instead of my own. Where do I get that? From the word of God. I've become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, the work that he has done, the work that he's still doing. It makes me right, and therefore I can be bold. So as a Christ follower, man, I'm, I should be bold all the time. I should be courageous all, all the time. Now, I want to ask you this question then. What are you, what are you building your house on? What are you building your house on? If you're building it on Christ Jesus, man, you can be courageous. You don't have to walk around timid, shy. But why? Why does this happen? How is courage being ripped away from us? Something we need to understand is that God's kingdom is, is built off of this principle called faith. The Bible says that that. that Without faith, it's impossible to please God. He who that comes to him must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. But the fundamental foundation of, of Christianity is we've got to have faith in God. Faith in the work of the cross. Faith in Jesus Christ. It's our faith. Well, if this is the way that, 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 that Christianity and the church operates, you've got to understand something. Then the culture has, has something they operate in too, and it's the antithesis of faith. It's fear. It's fear. It's, it's, it's fear. And what has been rampant in our, in, our, in our culture for the last year, now listen to me, I'm not, I'm not saying there's not some real stuff going on, there's not a real pandemic, but just because there's a real pandemic, just because there's a real hot furnace, doesn't mean we flip the faith switch off. Doesn't mean we stop being courageous and bold. Doesn't mean we stop, stop standing for Christ. Doesn't mean that. I mean, this, there was a real fire. There was a real chance of death. Right? Fear has gripped humanity. And it's beating the, the boldness and the courageousness out of the church. We're being pushed into a mold. But we need to stand up. We need to have courage. We need to have this biblical quality of courage to stand in this moment, in this time. There's something you need to understand. Because here's the thing. It's like, well, I want, I want to be bold. I want to be courageous. Yeah, the righteous are. Okay, but I'm not feeling it. Well, here's the thing you need to understand. The fear that's coming against us is a spirit. It's not a man. It's, it's, it's not a virus. 
It's not a political position. It's not a social injustice. The fear that is, the, the, thing that, the fear that's coming against us, it is spiritual. How do I know that? Let me give you a scripture. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 1.7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity. God didn't give it. If you are finding yourself fearful, walking timid, walking on eggshells, I don't know what I, I should do. I don't know what I should say here. I don't know what I should believe. I don't know. I don't know what to do. Guess what? That's a spirit. And you can only battle a spirit on a spiritual level. Isn't that why the Bible says, hey, the, 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 the weapons of our, our warfare are not, they're not, they're not carnal, they're not fleshly. No, they are, they're, they're mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. They're in the spiritual realm. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but it's principalities and, and spirits in heavenly places. Or have we forgot that? Listen, look, 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 look. Putting the, the, the last three months into a natural gym, that's been great. Let's get people on campus. But the way we're going to defeat this thing is by a spiritual warfare. It's by praying. It's by worship. It's by releasing the prophetic. It's by going after it. Because it's a spiritual battle. It's a spiritual battle. It's a spiritual battle. I tell you this. I feel this so strongly. Some of the things that some of you have been feeling in your body, your natural body, and, and you've been trying to figure out what's going on in your natural body, it's not a natural thing. It's a spiritual thing. The enemy's been coming, and he's been causing some pain, some aches, some things, and maybe you've even been to the doctor, and they can't figure out what's going on. I've been there. What's going on in your body? They can't, they can't figure it out. I'll tell you what. It's a spiritual attack. It's the enemy coming against the bride of Christ. Are you hearing me today? So what do we have to do? We have to tackle it spiritually. We have to go after this thing spiritually. How, how, how does that fear, how does that fear come? I'll tell you a big way that it comes, it comes through discouragement. Anybody ever felt discouraged before? I'll tell you what, I believe that discouragement is at an all-time high over the last many months. What is it? It's a spirit of fear. It's not like you're sitting there freaked. Anybody watched a horror flick before? Don't raise your hand. Right? You watch this scary movie, and you're like, oh, my gosh, this is so freaky. No, that's not the way it's going to come. Because it's too obvious. Spirit of fear is going to come and, and try, to, try to bring you discouragement. Discourage you in your relationships, your friendships, your career, your whatever. You just feel discouraged. I, I'm telling you, he's going to come, and he's going to try to sow seeds of discord that cause fear. Does, does, does pastor really love me? Does the church really care? Is there a place for me? I don't know if I belong. Coming so distant. Now listen to me. It's, it, it's going to happen in simple ways. F feeling tension in your marriage. Feeling tension in, in close relationships and friendships. What's happening? Discord is being sown. He comes and he brings, he brings this thing, but we got to understand it is a spiritual battle. And, and listen to what the rest of the verse says. He hasn't given us a spirit of fear to many, listen to it, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Power, love, and self-discipline. Power, love, man, you can go forth with boldness, with that power, with that courage. Yes, we're gonna, we're gonna bring it in a way of love. We're gonna be self-disciplined. That's, that's what God has given us. Now, we can rise up with that. We don't have to walk. Not only that, we can lay hold. Listen, we gotta lay hold of these things. Because when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord raises up a standard against it. And we've got to understand who we are in Christ Jesus. And we've got to understand this, that this is a spiritual battle. Listen to me. In a spiritual battle, I can't preach you out of it. In a spiritual battle, you can come here on Sundays and you can sit under some, some really good preaching. 
Listen, you can go and you can get the Bible and then you can meditate on the word and we should, but, the, but we got to go after it in the spirit. We need to understand that, that God has given us. That's why, I think that's why Paul said, hey, earnestly desire the gifts of the spirit, especially that you might prophesy. Listen, some of you felt it today as we were worshiping. We're in this moment of worship and we're worshiping. Some of you felt, I'll tell you what, some of you felt like, man, what's going on? I feel agitated. What is that? It's a spiritual battle. Some of you felt a breakthrough in the midst of worship, like, oh my gosh, I feel like something's lifting off. What is that? It's a spiritual battle. Some of you, as I'm talking right now, man, the, the lights are going off and the register's clicking, like, oh my gosh, this is a spiritual battle. Yes, it is. This is a spiritual thing. And that's why, man, I so encourage, man, come to church. Because here, we're not just gonna get sound Bible doctrine, but we are gonna release the gifts of the Spirit to do battle. That's why, man, get your kids here on Wednesday night to the youth ministry. Now, we're not just playing games. We're not just hanging out. We are teaching them how to do spiritual warfare. Man, get your family here. Man, come to church. Why? Why? Man, there's some great churches out there. But listen to me. You, you, you can't preach somebody out. You can't, you can't teach somebody out. Man, you've got to understand that, man, that same spirit that the enemy's trying to put on you, God's saying, hey, I got a spirit of faith for you. I got a spirit of boldness for you. I got a spirit of courage for you. And then you get them here and you get them under this, this prophetic anointing. I'll tell you, I think it's one of the greatest things about our church. Man, is our prophetic worship and, man, the prophetic anointing that's here that you might not get at another place. I don't know about you, but I want my family there. I want them to know that when they're no longer in my house, that they have a big God they can call out upon. And yes, I want them to know the word. I want them to be able to flip some things over and be like, oh, the Bible says this, but I also want them to know how to take authority in a moment's notice and say, get behind me, Satan. This is not of God. This is a fearful spirit that's trying to come upon me, and I'm not going to take it. I'm not going to accept it. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I want to go to battle. I want Canvas Church to understand something today. Man, if you've been feeling discouraged, you need to break that thing off. You need to break that thing off. And yes, you can encourage yourself in the Lord, but listen to me now. God has given us everything we need for life and godliness. And God is not gonna do for you what he has empowered you to do for yourself. Some of you are waiting on God to come and do something for you when God has empowered you by his Holy Spirit to take authority and do it for yourself. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Strengthen yourself in the Lord. Man, start prophesying over your own life. Open up your own Bible. I'm just waiting on Sunday so Pastor Man can give me a good word. Now open up your Bible and get yourself a good word. Stop waiting on God to do something he's empowered you to do. And he's empowered you to live bold because the righteous are as bold as lions. He's empowered you to have courage because you're gonna be thrown into some fires in this culture, but you can walk right through it if your eyes stay on him. God, we thank you so much for your word today. God, we thank you that your word is awesome. God, your word is so good. Lord, I pray that today that we would take just a, a fraction of the things that we've heard in this long-winded preacher, praise Jesus. That we would just take a fraction of some of these things we heard and we would go out and we would live it. God, we would live in boldness. God, we would live in courage. God, we would not be succumbed to the spirit of fear that the enemy's trying to place on your people. But God, I pray that we would leave this place. God, walking with greater authority than we did when we walked in. Hallelujah. Every eye closed, every head bowed, you're here. And I want you to know something, just sitting under a message doesn't make you bold. 
The only thing that makes you bold is being righteous, and the only one that can make you righteous is Jesus. He's the only one. But with every eye closed and every head bowed, there's, there's some people in here. The last week, 10 days, you've been battling discouragement. I'm telling you, it's the spirit of fear. I don't know if it came through a natural means. I don't know if it came from a bad report from your job or a bad report from a doctor or a bad report from a loved one. I don't know. But it's the enemy trying to intimidate you, trying to say that will never happen, that'll never work out. Why don't you give up? Why don't you give up on the dream? Why don't you give up on this? Why don't you give up on that? He's trying to intimidate you. He's trying to discourage you to that intimidation. You know, the Bible says in John 10, 10, that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Comes to steal your identity, who you are in Christ Jesus with intimidation. Tries to, tries to, to kill the authority you have with manipulation. Tries to destroy your destiny with domination. He wants to destroy but the Bible says, Christ has come to give you life, that you might have that life more abundantly. It's in Christ that you find what you're looking for. It's in Christ you find the courage to stand before the fires of culture. With every head bowed and every eye closed, you're here today, you're watching online, you're tuned in. You'd say, you know what? I I'm not bold because he needed to get in Christ right now. If you would say, I'm not in Christ, I've, I've never received him, or maybe I'm living away from the faith, and I need to settle and surrender my life to Jesus today. If that is you on the count of three, I want you to shoot your hand in the air. If you're watching online, sitting in your living room, shoot your hand in the air, one. Come on, you know that Christ is speaking to you. Two, three, shoot your hand in the air. So I need to get back into Christ. I need, to, I need to surrender my life to him. I need to follow him. I'm not. Thank you so much. You can put your hand down. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to pray for everybody. I'm going to dismiss. If you raised your hand, me and some of the other pastors will be up here. Love to pray for you. If you're online and you're saying, I need to get into Christ, here's what you got to do. Just simply text YES to 858-943-2221. Text YES. Could be a link coming up from our service toast, but you don't see it come up. Text YES to 858-943-2221. Why do you stand to your feet as I pray for you today? God, thank you so much. God, thank you for your church. God, thank you for Canvas Church. Lord, I pray, Lord, that we would all walk out of here, Lord God, more courageous than when we walked in. We'd walk out of here understanding that this is a spiritual thing we're up against, and we're gonna battle it in the spirit. Hallelujah. The prayer, the praise, the prophetically declaring the word of God over our situation, our circumstance. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, please visit our website at www.canvaschurchsd.com.